Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Today I'm kicking off this series of messages called Monsters. Monsters, and those are the enemies of our heart. And I'm going to talk to you as the Lord leads us over the next few weeks about these uh, different monsters that can come up in our life sometimes that show their ugly face and can scare us and can scare other people as well. Uh, there's monsters out there, uh, spiritual monsters that we all struggle with. You don't have to lift your hand. These, these monsters that I'm going to be talking about, they seek to uh, devour our faith and they try to pull us away from our relationship with Jesus Christ and they try to destroy the victory that we already have through the work of Jesus Christ. And I know that we all have these battles and we're going to talk about some of these things. But let me just go ahead and tell you up front right now some good news. That no matter whatever, no matter what your spiritual monster is in your life, that Jesus has the power to overcome and destroy it all. There is victory through the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go ahead and clap your hands for him. No matter whatever, no matter what it is, <clears throat> no matter what that monster is in your life, Jesus is greater than that. He is a monster slayer. I put it that way. And I'm grateful that he is. But the Bible talks about how these monsters can be enemies to our heart. And how many of you know this morning that if your heart's not working properly, it can disrupt your whole body? I was doing some studying this past week on the heart, you know, physical heart and the spiritual heart. And they were talking about when you're, you may have heart problems, but it might not show up in your heart. It might be that your back's hurting, you lose vision, and you can't remember nothing. I was like, Lord Jesus, I need to go to the emergency room right now. But sometimes we have these things that can attack our heart and they uh, can make our hearts become weak or they can make our hearts work, overwork and sometimes they can even make the heart stop and you know that's not good. Cardiologists, they use a procedure called arteriogram to diagnose the heart. Many of you have had that procedure done before. It's where they inject dye into your bloodstream and they can follow that dye as it goes through your arteries and they can pinpoint the blockages that you have in your arteries. And wherever that blockage is, they can insert a stent to create more flow again back to the heart to make it healthy. Thank the Lord we have these tests. Amen. Randy Jones, thank the Lord we have these tests. Praise the Lord. Man's doing great recovering from heart surgery. But we wouldn't even know we had these problems on the inside if it wasn't for some of these, these tests. We can have a bad heart and not even know it. You can be sitting here this morning with a bad heart and not even know it. I was reading a story. I don't know how many basketball fans we have here. But long before uh, LeBron James and long before uh, Michael Jordan and long before Larry Bird was a man by the name of Pistol Pete Maravich. How many of y'all have ever heard of Pistol Pete? Wow, I see some hands going up. You're telling your age right now. Well, Pistol Pete, <clears throat> excuse me, he broke all kinds of records playing basketball. I mean, he was, he was the man, and he, vote, he was voted one of the top 50 players in America's history. 
And he was well known for his style of play, what they called a street ball style. And this guy was in great shape. Pistol Pete, when you look from the outside, he was in great shape. Playing games, never coming out the whole game, 70 games at a time. Pistol Pete. And then on a pickup game, not even a real game, he was in a pickup game. And Pistol Pete collapsed and died of a heart attack at age 40. At age 40. And they did an autopsy on Pistol Pete and they realized that he had a defect in his heart. On the outside, it all looked good. But on the inside, he had some issues going on. And that can be for us in our life today. It looks good on the outside, but sometimes we have some issues with our heart. And that's what I want us to do over these next several weeks is to do a heart exam. Let the Lord kind of run a test and we inject the the dye of God's Word into our hearts so we can find out where those blockages are and where those monsters are at so God can come in and get the flow going again so we can have a healthy spiritual walk. Let me ask you this morning, how is your heart today? How is your heart today? Well, what is the true condition of your heart today? Are there some monsters that have invaded your heart and nobody else knows about it, but you know about it? Those monsters that have robbed you and they have damaged you, they've caused destruction in your life, they've caused destruction in your relationships. What monsters have invaded your heart? We don't always see these monsters, but eventually they will come out. You let the one person say something to you and boy, all of a sudden that monster will come out of you. You let somebody do one thing to you that just kind of burns you up and all of a sudden that monster comes out of you. It happens to all of us. We need to do a heart check. And today I want to talk to you what I believe is the greatest and the most dangerous monster of them all. I want to go ahead and let's slay this monster today. And that's the monster of pride. How many of y'all struggle with pride? Raise your hand. Well, this message is for you, but it's really for all you who didn't raise your hand. Because all of us struggle with pride. I don't care who you are, we all struggle with pride. I heard this story about this lady, and she came to the church, and she said, Pastor, you, you, you have got to help me with this sin I have in my life. He said, well, sister, what is it? He, she said, well, when I have this problem. When I walk into the church, I realize that I'm the prettiest lady in the church. And when I look at all the other ladies, they can't even hold a candle to me. Pastor, will you help me pray for this sin? And he said, sister, that's not a sin, it's a mistake. (laughs) We all struggle with pride. We all do. And Jesus talked about how that monster of pride can invade our hearts. And this is what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. These are the words of our Savior Jesus Talking about the monster that can take our hearts down. He says, From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy. And listen to this, pride. Say pride. Pride. Out of the heart. Out of the heart of men comes pride. And then he says foolishness. All these evil things come from within. They come from the heart. It's the monster that will invade your heart. And pride is the most dangerous one. It's a dangerous sin because you know what pride is? 
Pride is when you say that I'm going to live apart from God. In other words, I don't need you, God. I can do this on my own. That's pride, and that's a dangerous place to be. Dr. Tony Evans said this, that pride is the only disease that makes everyone sick except the one that has it. I don't know about you, but when you get around somebody that's filled with pride and they got a prideful walk and a prideful talk, it makes me sick. I'm going to just be honest. Pride is rebellion to God. That's a person that's walking in rebellion to God and they try to elevate themselves above God and they try to elevate themselves above other people. I remember when I was growing up, there was a friend of ours that hung around us. And he had a, a prideful talk and a prideful walk. He used to get on my everlasting nerve. I mean, he was the greatest at everything. If you did it, he'd done it better. And I remember we all came together. And let me go ahead and assert this. This is before I got saved. Hallelujah. I remember we all got together one evening. We spent the night off. And, and this prideful guy, he fell asleep there on a couch. And he was just a snoring away with that mouth wide open. And I remember I went and grabbed a bottle of hot sauce out of the refrigerator. And while he was there on the couch, I poured that hot sauce right there in his mouth. And he smacked a few times and suckered his lips. And he come up off that couch and blew out. And he was huffing and puffing. And he got up right in the middle of the night and walked all the way home. Now, don't, don't judge me for that. That was before I was saved. But you know what? You know what? The hot sauce treatment still don't cure anybody from their pride. Only Jesus can cure you from your pride. So God, help us not to be prideful people. A proud person would be a self-promoting person. A proud person is an arrogant person always trying to protect their reputation, more concerned about their outward appearance. They're neglecting others so they can make it to the top. They're always trying to take credit for something. A proud person will be defensive, always defending themselves. A proud person will always be pointing the finger at somebody else and pointing out the faults of other people, and they'll never look back at themselves. A proud person will do everything they can to climb as high as possible in life to prove they don't need God. And while they're climbing to the top, they'll destroy everybody along the way in their path because they have no concern for them at all. That's a proud person. And pride is destroying America today. I said pride is destroying America today. You just look and you see pride just everywhere. People trying to get to the top and they'll destroy you just to get power. Pride is tearing down our homes and our families. Pride is ripping apart marriages. Pride is ripping apart families. Pride is hindering the work of the church because this one wants the credit and that one wants the credit when it should all be the glory for God. Pride is dangerous. And pride is one sin in the Bible that we should fear the most. And you know why we should fear pride? Because pride convinces you, pride will convince you that you can live apart from God. Well, you're probably saying today, well, that's not me. That's not me. I'm not a prideful person. I don't, I don't try to live apart from God. Well, what's your prayer life look like? Because if you're not praying, you're saying, I don't need God. How's your obedience to God when He speaks to you? Are you obeying God? Because if you're walking in rebellion to God, you got pride in your life. So God, help us today to stay away from pride because it's dangerous when you think that you're above God and you think you're above others. 
You know that the Bible tells us that Satan himself, Satan, he was cast out of heaven. Satan was cast out of the presence of God because of pride. And he was cast down and he was here on the earth. And what does he do? He approaches Adam and Eve with that same seed of pride. And he tells them, you know what, Adam and Eve, you can be just like God or above God. And Adam and Eve, they gave in and pride took over. Pride took over. Pride took over. And we see the monster of pride today. Even today, it went from Adam and Eve to every one of us, and pride is in us today. As man searches out on a journey, he tries to prove that he is above God, and he's above God's ways. I remember in my own prideful ways. I remember thinking, you know what, I got this. I don't need anybody telling me what I need to do. I can fix this. I got this. I don't need any help. I can handle this. I can make it better. Only to see my works crumble and fall. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16.8 that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Let me tell you today, friend, pride is a dangerous monster. I remember working with this elderly man one time, and he was so intelligent. I mean, so intelligent. And I was saved, and I was witnessing to him, and I was talking to him about the Lord. And he would just sit there and look at you, and he's like, you know what? I I don't need your God. I don't need nobody telling me how to live my life. I'm smart enough to figure it out on my own, and this is what I believe. He had an arrogance before God. And that's the case for all men today. We see it all across our land. Just the arrogance before God declaring, you know what, I'm above God. I don't need God. I don't need Him telling me what to do. Friend, when you get to that place, you better be ready because you're about to fall. You're about to fall. And I want to share with you a story of a prideful man that we find in the Old Testament And there's no way because of time I can read to you this whole chapter, but I encourage you right now to write this down and read it this evening. 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 19. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 19. This is a story about Naaman who had leprosy. I know many of you are familiar with this story, but just to kind of give you an update, this man has a skin disease. And he's been requested to go into Israel And he finds the man of God there, and he wants this man of God to heal him. And then what happens, he's given instructions to go to the Jordan River and dip seven times, and then he's healed. But there's some things about this story that we can learn from about being prideful. And Naaman was a prideful man. He was filled with pride. If you read that chapter, you're going to hear everything I'm telling you today. The Bible says that Naaman was a great man. He was a great man. He was a mighty warrior. He had a reputation and he was known among the nations. People knew Naaman because of his success on the battlefields. Everybody knew who Naaman was. They knew him because he was a great army general. He was a bad, bad dude. On his chariot, he had a bumper sticker that says, I'm bad and I know I'm bad. He was a bad dude. But Naaman had some issues in his life. He had some issues on the outside. You see, he had some skin issues. He had leprosy. He had a skin disease on the outside, but on the inside he had a sin disease. He had that monster of pride on the inside of him. And some of you showed up today here at Mount Olive First PA's church, and you showed up with some issues. 
You got some inner issues like your heart's filled today with hate for somebody. Your heart's filled with hopelessness. Your heart may be filled with depression today on the inside. Or maybe like uh, Naaman on the outward, you, you have some things that everybody can see. And, and they see you when you uh, have these outbursts of rage. They see you when you're not in church and in the community tearing somebody down. They see those things on the outside. And it's all because of the sin called pride. And some of us in here today would never admit That there's issues in our life caused by pride. But let me tell you this. Your speech and your actions will eventually reveal that pride monster in your life. I don't care who you are. Let me have a one-on-one session in here with your wife or with your husband today. And I bet they could tell us that they've seen that monster of pride come up through your speech and through your actions. I remember reading a sad, sad story about a television evangelist that's well known, especially in the 1980s, and how over time his ministry began to change. The evangelist who was once on fire for God and just would preach up the the, uh, cross of Christ and saw many lives change, all of a sudden something just didn't sound right anymore and things began to change. And he was no longer preaching Christ crucified and Christ resurrected. He was no longer preaching on God's grace. This man had got away from the message and the power of Jesus Christ. Even to stand before his audience on television to declare that if somebody were to mess with his family, he would shoot them and take them down and kill every one of them. Just edifying murder right there in front of his own people. And his friends, his pastor friends, they began to notice a change in this man's life. And they began to pray for him. But everyone was scared to approach him. And finally, through much prayer and seeking God, one pastor felt like he had heard from the Lord and went to him and said, Sir, I want you to know I've heard from God and God told me to tell you that if you don't change, you need to shut this ministry down or he's going to shut it down. And you know what the man's reply was? This television evangelist, he was a man full of arrogance. And he replied to his friends, here's what he said. He says, I'm too big. My ministry's too big. If God were not in this ministry, why then would millions and millions of dollars be coming in month after month? That was the man's reply. And the evangelist never heeded the words of his friends. And guess what? Soon, God shut it all down. God shut it all down. And the Bible tells me, friend, that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. I want to tell everybody under the sound of my voice today, friend, that you can be too big for God to use you, but you can never be too little for God to use you. And John the Baptist, that's what he said. You know what? That was John the Baptist. He said, may God increase and let me decrease. May God increase and let me decrease. I don't want to be big. I want to be small. Because apart from Christ, I can do nothing. So God help us today to decrease. The Bible says, humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. And that's what we need to do today is humble ourselves. You see here in Naaman, he came up to Elijah's house looking for a change. This great man with a great reputation, with a mighty army... He's got a need in his life and he rides up to Elijah, the man of God's house, and he's looking for a change in his life. And maybe you showed up today and you're looking for a change in your life. 
Maybe you're looking for a new freedom that you've never had. You're tired of being held captive by these thoughts. You're tired of being held captive by these addictions and these bondages. And you showed up at God's house today and you're looking for a change. Maybe you showed up today at God's house and you're searching for healing in your life. You're tired of being broken on the inside spiritually. You're tired of going through what you're going through with sickness. You want to be healed. And you come today to God's house looking for a change. Some of you have been on a journey trying to climb and do things your way. And now you've arrived here this morning at Mile First PA Church and you realize, I can no longer do it my way. If there's ever going to be a change in my life, now it's got to be God's way. Y'all quiet on me this morning. Hallelujah. That was Naaman. He, he went to the prophet's house. He went to the prophet Elijah's house and he went in his own power. He went in his own strength. He went filled with pride. Naaman shows up with his mighty army. He shows up with all of his horses and all of his chariots. He's showing all the weapons that he has. And guess what the Bible says? That he comes to the man of God's house and he's expecting some kind of royal and special treatment because of his power and because of his influence. You see, the problem with Naaman was that he was filled with pride. He had a prideful heart. And I love the man of God, Elijah. He said, I'm not going out there to greet that dude. I'm not even studying that guy. He comes rolling all up in here with his chariots and his horses and all of his uh, entourage and all of his power and all that. I'm not even going to go out there. I'm going to send my servant to him and you tell him this. Tell him to go down to the Jordan River and get out of his chariot and get in the river seven times. Then he'll be healed. That's what he told Naaman. And guess what Naaman did? He went into a rage. Naaman went into a rage and that monster of pride. I told you, if somebody does something to you or says something to you, it's just that quick, that monster will come out of you. Don't raise your hand. I know some of you have done it before. I know I have. Slam a door, punch a hole in the wall. That's not me, that's Lisa. <laughs> Lord, help me, Jesus. She's not here, thank the Lord. You know why he was such in, in a, such a rage? It's because he had been humiliated. You, you want me to go down to the Jordan River and get into that dirty river? You know who I am? My reputation, my influence, my power. You see all I have? And you want me to go and climb and go down into a dirty, dirty river? Naaman was telling him. You know what uh, Elijah was telling Naaman? He's telling him, you know what? You need to humble yourself before God. And you need to humble yourself before the ways of God. Elijah was telling him. And Elijah's telling all of us today. You know what? If you want God to work in your life, it's not going to happen on your terms. It's going to happen on God's terms. That's a word for somebody today. That it's going to happen on God's terms, not your terms. And he's telling Naaman, it's time for you to bow down. It's time for you to come out of that, that chariot. It's time for you to bow down before God. And Naaman is furious. He's furious at this request. And you know what he's got in his mind? I wish, you could, I, wish I had time to read the whole story to you. Because when he shows up at the prophet's house, he says, what do you mean this dude won't come out and greet me? 
He's supposed to come out and greet me. And when he comes out, he's going to say a few words. He might have a prayer. And then God's going to wave his hand over me. And I'm going to be healed. That's how it's going to happen. That's what Naaman was thinking. That right there in front of all of his men. That the heavens are going to open up. And the glory of God's going to fall. And all of his men are going to see God do a great work in Naaman's life. I mean, look at his reputation. Look at all that he's got to offer. I mean, surely I can tell God how I want it to work out. And how many of us are guilty today of doing that? God, this is how I need it to work out. God, this is what you need to do. Let me go ahead and get in front of you, God, and I can take care of it. That's a sign of pride. And God was telling Naaman, through the man of God, Elijah, that you need to come out your chariot. You need to take off your armor in front of your army And you need to humble yourself and you need to go down in the Jordan. If you want to experience God in your life, Naaman, it's not going to happen on your terms. It's going to happen God's way. It's going to happen God's way. And the only way it's going to happen is you come out of that chariot and bow down. And I wonder how many of us are like Naaman today. How many of us are like Naaman? We come into God's house and it says that when he went to the man of God's house, he had silver, he had gold with him, he had all kinds of clothes with him. You know, you can't buy God. And he's coming with all these gifts to present to God. And I wonder how many of us are like Naaman. We come in God's house and we bring our finest gifts and we come all in walking in our own power, in our own might, showing how dignified we are, wondering what God can do for me today. What's God going to do for me today? What's God going to do for me today? I need you to bless me, God. I need you to wave your hand, God, over me and do a miracle. Uh, God, I need you to wave your hand over my family and get them straightened out. Wave your hand over my kids and get them right, God. Wave your hand over my sickness and heal me. Wave your hand over my finances. And like Naaman, we come into God's house and we want God to wave his hand over us, but we never have no intentions of fully bowing down and surrendering our life. I want God to do this. I want God to do that. And he wants you to bow down and he wants you to fully surrender. Let me ask you this morning. Have you bowed down completely to God? Have you fully surrendered everything to him? Or are you still holding on to some things? That's pride, friend. And pride will cause you to say to God like Naaman did, Look at all that I bring you. Look at all that I bring you, God. I bring you my silver, I bring you my gold, I bring you my power, I bring you my influence. Look at me, God. Look what I can bring you. Let me tell you this morning, friend, God's not interested in your prideful ways. God is more concerned in your obedience to Him. God is more concerned about you bowing down before Him. God is more concerned about you surrendering all to Him. God is more concerned about you giving your life to Him. Those are the things that matter to God. And some of you need to come to a place this morning. Listen to me, please. Some of you, please listen to me. You need to come to a place where you realize that you can't save yourself. You can't deliver yourself. You can't fix everything, friend. It's only going to be through the work of God and because you bow down to Him. You need Jesus just like I need Jesus. You need to come to the cross and and bow down. Bend your knee. That's what I'm telling Naaman. Get down in the river. Go to a place of death where you no longer live. But it's Christ who lives in you. 
You need to bow down before the cross. Many of you are here today and you never bent your knee to the cross, friend. And it's the cross of Christ where Jesus died where your life can be changed. Let me tell you this morning, please listen to this preacher. Your good works, your influence, your reputation, they mean nothing at the cross. At the foot of the cross, we're all equal. And if you don't turn from pride and bow down and put your knee before Jesus Christ, then pride is going to lead you down a road straight to hell. The Bible says that the proud will be punished. And we have to come to the cross in humility. If you want to counter pride, you need to become humble. The Bible says, if my people who are called by name, by my name will humble themselves. Humble yourself before the Lord. Bow down at the cross like Naaman did. Come up out of those waters and now you've been cleansed. You've been cleansed now and now you have a peace with God. If you read that story, it says that he now had a peace with God. When he came up out of that water, he was no longer talking about, I'm Naaman. He was no longer talking about, I have power and I have influence. When he came up out of that water, he says, I know your God is the only God. Hallelujah. Yeah, go ahead and praise the Lord. When you bow down before the cross and God cleanses you and lifts you up and that pride removing you realize that you're absolutely nothing and it's only through Christ for who you are, then you'll say, I know God is alive and God is real. He's my God. And that's what Naaman said. His life changed. He became new. He got a new heart. He was delivered from that monster of pride. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But it all begins by you humbling yourself. You can never come to Jesus in your pride. Some of you come to church on Sunday mornings and because of pride, you're afraid of what somebody's going to think when you lift your hands in worship. Because of pride, you never fully let go and let God begin just to work through you because of pride. You'll never fully experience God's power until you let go of that pride and humble yourself. And we must surrender our life to Jesus every day. Listen, it's great to be saved. You need to go to the cross and you need to bow down before the cross and acknowledge that you're a sinner and ask God for forgiveness. But it doesn't end there, friend. You need to walk every day in obedience to God. Every day in obedience to God. If he says go in the river and bow seven times, then go in the river and bow seven times. If he tells you to go witness or go pray for somebody, friend, you need to obey God every day. Humble yourself before the Lord. And it all happens by bowing yourself and going down like Naaman did. He was a different man. Let me ask this morning. Do we have any Naamans here? Are there any Naamans here today? I mean, listen, you showed up today and you walked through those doors and you're hoping God will touch you. You're hoping God will do a miracle in your life. But you keep refusing to bow down. God, I need you to do a miracle in my family. I, I need you to kind of put things back together. It's really messed up right now, but you still have no intentions of fully bowing down to God and surrendering all to Him. We're going to come to this altar in just a minute. And like Naaman, here's what you need to do. You need to go all the way with God. I said you need to go all the way with God. And you need to trust Him because when you do that, you're going to see God do a miracle in your life. I want to close with this story. If the musicians have come, help me. 
Pride is a dangerous thing. How many of y'all remember the story that Jesus told in Luke 18? When Jesus said there was two men, one was a Pharisee and one was a tax collector. And the Pharisee, he looked over at the folks there that was around him. And here's where the Pharisee stood. He stood up and he prayed to himself. And he says, you know what? Thank God. I thank God that I'm not like you. I thank God that I'm not like you. I thank God that I'm not like these other men and women around me. I thank God I'm not like these robbers. I thank God I'm not like these evildoers. I thank God I'm not like these adulterers. And I really, really thank God that I'm not like this tax collector right here. And then the tax collector stood up. After this man of religion stood up and said, You know what? I I fast twice a week and I give a tithe. I mean, I do this and I do that. I do it all, God. I'm just grateful. I'm not like these people here. And then the tax collector stood at a distance. And I love it. I love it. It says that he looked up to heaven. No, he wouldn't even. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. But then this is the part. He began to beat his chest like this right here. And he said, God, 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 please have mercy on me, a sinner. Do you realize that everybody in this room today, we've all fallen short of the glory of God and we've all sinned? And that everybody under the sound of my voice, you need to humble yourself and let that pride monster be destroyed so you can encounter the presence and the power of God in your life. If you got pride swelling up in you, you will never encounter Jesus. You're going to be like these two men. Some of you are going to walk out of here this morning and you're going to walk out dignified. Just like Naaman, I got it all together. My reputation, my power, my influence. I'm going to walk out of here dignified. I'm going to walk through town dignified. I'm going to go home today dignified. Or you could go home like this man and go home justified. Friend, I'd rather go home justified than dignified. Would you bow your heads with me, please, all across this worship center? Nobody looking around, please. Nobody looking around. A proud person will be one that refuses to repent of their sins. A proud person will be one that will continue to refuse and reject the offer of the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. Friend, don't be a proud person today. Be like Naaman. Come out of that place of pride and come to a place where you come down in front of the people around you. And as you go down into a river and let the Lord cleanse you so when you come back up, it will no longer be about you and your life, but it will be about Jesus and what he wants to do through you. Friend, if you showed up today and you're you're, you're living in sin and you're away from God and you you know you need God to change you, you know you need your life to be turned around, you, you need to be cleansed. Listen, you've come Sunday after Sunday, but pride has kept you from fully bowing down and surrendering all to God. Nobody's looking around and you just say, look, I need prayer in my life. There's some things that I'm still holding on to. Would you lift your hand real quickly and put it up? Come on. There's one honest heart. There's another one. Praise God for that honest heart. Praise God for that honest heart. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put those hands down. Praise the Lord. Right there where you're at in your, in your pew, in your chair, you can just say, Lord Jesus, I admit to you I'm a sinner. I confess my sins to you today, Jesus. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. 
so that my sins could be washed away. I thank you for the blood. You were crucified for me, Jesus. You were laid in a tomb and three days later resurrected. And because you live, I can have eternal life as well. And Lord, today, I bow down before you in faith. And I surrender my life to you. And I give you everything, God. I give you everything. My hopes, my dreams, my desires, the whole direction of my life, I want you to take control of it right now, Holy Spirit. God, be glorified. Slay that monster of pride inside of me right now as I come to you, Christ, to be my Savior. I receive you now. Thank you that I'm on my way to heaven. I repent of my sin and turn to you.